Sunday here. We are thrilled Woo. to have you. My name is Jenny. This is Jackson. And we are actually going to start the morning with a little bit of a game. We figured what what good um, could a little competition do us this morning. And we have some fun prizes that are going to be on the line. So I'm looking for our six contestants who volunteered to our volunteers. come up here and join us. Please make your way to the stage. We're going to play a little game called Five Second Rule. That's right. Our contestants are going to have five seconds to give us three answers to one question. So it's going to look like this. Jenny, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Name three Disney movies. Moana, Aladdin, Frozen. Yes. There's one thing she missed that I forgot to mention. You have to hit the buzzer to stop 
the timer. Come on We're going to have a timer in come the back. Over. Contestants, come on up. We need three of you on this side of the table. Three on one three side, three on the other. Three of you on this side of the table facing Ooh, each four, other. Hi. Four on one side, three on the other is fine. Who's up You're first? You're just going to make a line coming come on right each up side. Here. We're going to make Ready? a single file line yeah. on either side. So we're gonna have one person answer at a time, and then the other will go. Once you're done answering, you'll go to the back of the line. Does that make sense? Yes. You guys ready? Okay. We play the game for two minutes total. Okay. You have to answer in under five seconds. There's gonna be a timer up here. So when I tell you to name three, that's when you go. Okay. All right. Jackson's gonna keep score. You ready to go first? All right. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Is the timer ready? Here we go. Name three pizza places. Jets, Hungry Howie's, Papa Romano's. Hit the buzzer. Yes. She's good. Made it. Oh, that All was right. easy. Are you ready? That was easy. Are you ready? All right. Name three famous female singers. Uh, Carrie Underwood. Underwood. <laughs> um, I don't even know. <laughs> Katy Perry, Nicki Minaj. Oh, that was right oh, at the close. buzzer. Come I think up. she's Come safe on, on that one. Come on up. Come on up. Name oh, no. three clothing stores. <laughs> Macy's, Hudson's, and uh, Target. Hit the buzzer. Oh, she cleared it just she in time. It? She's safe. She make it. We got some close calls Are here, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? Yeah. Name three red fruits. Apples, pomegranates, and tomato is really a fruit. You Hit know that, that right? buzzer. Yes. Yeah, Even yeah. with time right. to explain her answer. That was just phenomenal. Name three websites. Google, uh, Yahoo, Bing. She's got Ooh, it. Easy. All right. Remember to hit the buzzer, guys. Name three movies. Moana, Frozen. Oh. oh. Hey, he did it. He did it. He Disney did was it. optional, All but right, that was a clever trick keep you going, did there. Keep it going. Keep it going. Name three card games. Euchre, Solitaire, and... Duh. Rummy. R Rummy. Oh. oh, out of time. Out of time oh, on that right. one. All right. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? Name three candy bars. Hershey's, Twix, Snickers. She got it. That was easy. She's been eating a lot of candy lately. Name three apps. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Got it. Our teens are very well versed in their social media. Name, Solid. Name three things you can do in the snow. Ski, snowboard, and make angels. Yeah. Ooh, How we doing on time back there? How we doing this. on time? All right. I think we have 30 seconds left 30 in this game. 30 seconds left. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Name three cereals. Cocoa Puffs, uh, Fruit Loops, and Cheerios. Hit the buzzer. Yes. Yeah. All right. Name three things that are yellow. A banana. Yeah. Uh, the Packers, jerseys, and a smiley face. Oh, out of time on that one. That was close. Though. That was real close. All right, all right. All right, one more. Name three Kensington campuses. Birmingham, Orion, Troy. Yeah. Here we go. All right. So I think we are out of time on that. So wait. We have one thing to tell you. These two contestants up right here, we're going to bring you both back at halftime for our championship round. Our right. lucky contestants, give them a round of give applause, a round of everybody. Applause. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> nice work, nice work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today is all about teams. And here at Kensington, we have an incredible team called Volunteers. But I'm guessing you never really knew what it takes to get on the volunteer team. Check this out. All right, welcome everybody today to the very first Kensington Volunteer Combine. With the volunteer, volunteer draft just a few weeks away, these hopefuls 
This is a big day for them. How are you feeling about this, George? You know, this is a big day for these candidates, Jim. You know, they're coming fresh out of college. They're feeling really good, trying to get drafted at one of our campuses. What do you think the scouts are looking for today? You know, they're looking for quickness, good hands, agility, and a big old heart. It's the biggest thing they look for. Well, it looks like our first wave of candidates today are ready. We are going to take a look at our usher prospects. Our first usher this morning is Brian. Let's see how Brian handles the shuffle pouch run. Oh, he looks quick. He's going through oh, those man. aisles. Cool as the other side of the pillow. Look at this time coming under 7.5 seconds. Oh my wow. gosh, it seems like Brian has set the tone for you the know, rest of the field today. What did you see there? That was just incredible. You know, that all but guarantees him a spot in the finals. Well, let's look at Barb here. Barb has some some great a stance there. I think she's really going to be aggressive today. Jim, that's a great ready stance right there. Oh, look at the quick oh, start. Oh, man, that is... That is going, 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 gone. Oh, you know, Jim, you see oh. those two hands? Now that yep. was genius right uh, that, there. That 6.9 is underneath the college uh, entrance exam level for these ushers today. Oh, so do I we like, have a replay on that, Jim? Uh, that was oh, a we great do. run. Let's, let's see, see if we got do a replay, we have a replay one, Jim. Or is she too winded? Oh, I love the stanchion cam. That's a new invention this year for oh, the, the volunteer combine. Oh, the two hands. Combine. You know, she is not dropping their uh, money. She is not dropping the money. Exceptional. Exceptional. All right, well, we have one more hopeful to look at today, uh, and I think he could go all the way, but maybe not today. You know, Toby's Let's, one of our best prospects out of oh, college. I'm not we'll confident see. in the one-handed, the grab there. It's a dangerous what? technique. He does yeah. not look How's very sure-footed, Jim. Oh, oh no. What's going on? Oh, my oh! gosh! Oh! Oh! That's, that All is, their money's on the ground, Jim. That's unrecoverable today. You know, that's going to drop his stock real that, quick. That's going to hurt. I don't know a campus other than Clinton Township that might draft him. You know, I think Clinton Township could yeah. draft him. Birmingham wouldn't, though. They might. Well, we have another nursery worker candidate around today. Uh, this is going to be really wonderful. This is the hardest, most critical drill the dirty diaper drill. You know, this is a big one. I see our first contestant, Rachel's up. Oh, she looks like a mother with that technique. Oh, uh, she's she? got hands. Yeah. She's got hands there. I don't know if I'd want to be those hands, but she's got hands. Uh, what, what is her oh, time wait, today? Whoa, what's on her sleeve right there? Wait. Oh, uh, we have a replay. What is that? There is some oh, booty Rachel. duty. Hold on. You know, the last thing a mother oh, wants is some duty gosh. on her baby's booty. That's just tragic. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Well, let's see if we have better look with our next hopeful. Let's take a look from the Orlando campus. Uh, Michael. You know, Michael, he looks like he's got his game face on. He looks confident in himself. Oh my gosh. He has done this before. Oh, one-handed catch on the diaper. He is owning that diaper mess. Oh my. Oh, I think that could be a new 7.1 volunteer combine record. Oh, look at his celebration. What oh, a celebration. He better be careful. He might get flagged for excessive celebration on he that one. Could. You know, I could watch his celebrations all day. I think we got one more drill to take a look at today. We do. This is the security drill. And the drill on this is that you have to have focus, steely-eyed determination in this drill because safety is on the line. That's right, Jim. You know, is it a plus that they look great in yellow? It's not a plus, but it could be. Let's see how this goes today with Katrina and Blake. All right, here comes the tickle finger. Oh man, this they have is this to keep is that straight face. This is like Buckingham Palace 2.0 here. Nothing can phase them. What Jim. is oh, going on? Oh, oh, he's cracking. He's cracking. Oh, Katrina looks strong. Blake. Oh, oh man, Jim. I am. I'm amused at the simplicity of this drill. You know, you can't fickle when you feel the tickle, Jim. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, that wraps up our volunteer combine. 
before the morning. Let's throw it back to our studio for a few programming announcements. All right, let's send it over to him. Well, George, that was a lot of fun this morning. There's a few other things we have going on around the building today. That's right, Jim. The first thing you could see when you came in today is you were given a wonderful card when you walked in that talks about different volunteer opportunities. Our theme this morning is team. T-E-A-M-M-M-M team. And we want you to join our team. So as you think about it this morning, of different ways that you could serve and join Team Birmingham, make sure to fill out your card and talk to an usher, greeter, dirty diaper K-Kids worker, or somebody on our parking team. And lastly, we have a big announcement for those age range of 18 to 29, all of you. George, are they awake yet this morning? They're probably not even here because they just like to sleep in. Those millennials, you know, they just don't do anything but sleep. But they, uh, 1829 normally meets monthly. A big transition this February, they're going to start meeting weekly. They're going to meet weekly at the Troy campus. We have a table outside if you want to get connected. And if you're more interested in 1829, there's a table out there. You can go get connected. Well, our last drill for the morning is not for us, but for you. What we're going to do is do the handshake hustle here at Kensington, Birmingham. I'm going to have you stand and connect with one another. And the question you will ask is simple. What will your reaction be today when Tom Brady wins his sixth Super Bowl? Go ahead and stand up and say hi and connect with one another. Good morning. I will be your referee for the rest of the morning. Welcome to Big Day at Kensington. I am not allowed to use the word Super Bowl. I will refer to it as Superb Owl or Soup or Bowl. We are going to have a message. Cliff Johnson will be given the message. He won the coin toss. The message will be divided into eight quarters, four quarters of eight minutes each. At the end of the first quarter, he will be done with his message for the first quarter. Cliff, do you understand the rules? Yes, I do. Production team, do you understand the rules? You will have the clock. You will begin on my whistle. All right. Do your job. Does anyone know what team has made that their slogan? All right. New England Patriots. Great participation. We're off to an awesome start. Excellent. Do your job. All right. I think my time's up. We could just give them back their time. You can just go home. Do your job. It's something that is said by Bill Belichick of the New New England Patriots. And I went on YouTube and I found a speech that he gave in 2011, where he addressed his team and he talked about the importance of do your job. 
and how they've built their entire dynasty around this. Now, you have to understand, this is a painful thing to talk about for me because the New England, New England Patriots are in the Boston area. Boston also is home to the Boston Red Sox. And as a lifelong New York Yankees fan, my skin crawls with anything to do with Boston. Okay, so this is very hard to talk about today, but I do have to acknowledge the dynasty that is that has already been happening and continues to get deeper and better. So Bill Belichick in this speech to his team, not only talks about the importance of doing your job, but he laid out three things that need to happen in order for them to win games and build this incredible dynasty. The first thing he says is that they need to identify the situation, identify the situation. Uh, Secondly, hear the call, hear the call. All right, so this would be the play call. So they see what's going on. They hear the call of what they're supposed to do on their offense or defense. And then they do their jobs. As some might say, the Patriots way will preach. That'll preach here. All right, because in our lives, identifying the situation, hearing the call and doing your job is an incredible way to look at what we're going to walk through today, which is this idea that each one of us have been called to do something. Each one of us have been called to do something. And so the question I have for you is, what is your job? What is your calling? And what has God created you to do? What's your job? What's your calling? And what has God created you to do? So you think about this for one quick second. As I think about football and I think about the best design plays that exist in football, think about this. They can have the wide receiver run a perfect stop and go with a play action handoff and he's wide open down the sideline. But if the left tackle has missed his block assignment, what's going to happen to the quarterback in that entire play? No dice. He's going to get sacked. Maybe crack a vertebrae, certainly a concussion. Uh, a lot of bad things are going to happen. And that, it doesn't matter how open that receiver is. If that left tackle doesn't do his job, the whole team suffers. It's amazing to think about that. And it's also amazing to think about that left tackle has been doing that job in most cases his entire life. He knows exactly how to block. You ever see like when a punter tries to go out and throw a block if something happens? It's ugly. It's ugly. Every now and then they'll make a great tackle. But it's ugly when they try to block or a quarterback out there trying to throw a block. They usually get hurt because their technique is off because they haven't spent their lives being prepared to block someone. Do your job. So when we think about calling versus job... It's a very interesting question. In fact, many of you I've had this exact conversation with since I've been here. I had someone sit me down and say, okay, so Cliss, what is this thing called calling? What does this even mean? I hear someone saying, I'm called to go do this. I'm called to go do that. Now, when you think about calling, I used to, I used to have this feeling that calling was your job. Like you are called to your job. So if you think about your career, you know, that's your part of your calling is in your job. And that's true. But think about it this way. Your calling is actually bigger than your job. How do we know that? Because your job can change, right? Aren't you glad that your job right now isn't the job you had at 16 years old? That first job, you got those first few jobs like that is way in the rearview mirror. Although unless you're 16 years old, then you just keep on slinging those burgers. That's great. But at some point, we're hoping that that will improve and we'll, we'll kind of work our way up into different jobs. You also look at the Bible and say, boy, if calling wasn't bigger than job, then Jesus was one heck of a builder slash carpenter. And Paul, an incredible tent maker. 
Those were their jobs. Those are how they made a living. But there was a calling that went so much bigger and so much deeper for those two among many others. Peter, fisherman. It goes on and on. So when you try to think about what is your calling uh, versus what is your job, the job piece, when you think about it, fits into your calling. The job can fit into your calling. In fact, the job many times is how you work out your calling. It's the context to live your calling out in your life. It's a beautiful picture. And so when we think about this idea, we think about Kensington's vision statement is to see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus. You think about what that means, transformed. That's that idea of of going from one person to a new person. There's a process there. When we give our lives to Jesus, there's a transformation that takes place. We become a new creation, it says in the Bible. The old has gone and the new has come. But I love it that, that Kensington's vision statement as a church, we have not left it at just wanting to see people transformed. That's great. But there's a second step. And mobilized, engaged, doing something for the kingdom of God. It's a beautiful picture. So I believe that there's a passage of scripture that does an incredible job of really unpacking this. So we're going to walk through this passage of scripture today. We're at the two minute warning of the first quarter. Uh, So here we are. We're going uh, to this verse, Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. This is spoken by Paul. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love that. This is honestly one of my favorite verses in all of scripture because it speaks to a work that's been done in our lives, a crafting of our stories in preparation for something much bigger later on. I love that picture. And we are called to do something significant in this world, not just as individuals, but together as a team. I want to read that again. We are all called to do something significant in this world, not just as individuals, but together as a team. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a word today that we're going to walk through. So for those of you that love to take notes, today's a great day. Either write it down if you have a pen. If you don't, you've got a phone or an iPad or just remember it in your mind. Hopefully you'll remember it clearly at the end. And the word we're going to walk through is the word called. We're going to walk through the word called today. Each letter of that word, it's going to be an acronym. It's going to be an acronym that suggests the idea that there's more in store for us in Jesus. And I want you to think about what this word means when you wake up and you feel like, what am I even doing here? What has God created me to do? And you're battling those feelings of feeling worthless or those feelings of thinking you don't have purpose or feeling unloved or feeling like you're struggling to know what is next for you in life. When you stand there, put it on a card, put it on your mirror, and don't forget each day that you have been uniquely called by God to do something incredible and even more We desperately need you to do your job within your calling so that our team can win. It's the end of the first quarter. Cliff will be going through our concussion protocol. And as he does, we have a word from our sponsor.
If you don't get up, no sex for a year. Want to make it too? We will now begin the second quarter on my whistle. Cliff, are you ready? Here we go. All right. Called. First letter in the word called is C. Oh, all right. This may have been a bad idea. Oh, boy, goodness. Careful. C for careful. That's parenting 101, right? We are called to be good parents. C stands for careful. Okay. Created. First C. Created. Here's what I love. Look how this verse starts out. For we are God's handiwork. We are his handiwork. This is an incredible term that refers to the idea that God has been handcrafting us. He's been designing us. Our backstory, everything about our lives have been set apart. He's been guiding our story. In fact, when you think about this, I think about when words like this are used in our daily life. Where someone's like, oh, I recognize his handiwork. Or you walk up to someone in a negative context like, hmm, is this your handiwork? Typically, it's this idea that like, we can tell there's evidence revealing fingerprints of someone's design. Good or bad. Oftentimes, it's bad. But in this case, it's really good. It's that idea that, that the handiwork represents the fingerprints of the designer upon not only what we look like, not only what, how we think, but also our story. Our backstory. He's designed our story and he's allowed certain things to happen in our story. God's writing our backstory. Think about this our family, our pain, our joy, our personality, our job, our gifts, our talents, and our abilities. We are his handiwork. If you picture this idea that we're a, we're a lump of clay or a piece of wood, and, and picture God in the workshed sanding. And carving and creating something powerful. But at certain moments, depending on the material, you have to heat it up. You've got to get the, you've got to get the flame to be hot. Or you've got to chisel into it with a knife. There's moments in our lives that are painful. There's moments in our lives that we wish could end. There's seasons in my life where I'm like, boy, God, could you have gotten me to where I am without that horrible season I had to endure? But if we're honest and we look at our lives, we see the handiwork of God crafting and shaping and molding us for something. Our pain isn't aimless. Our joy and our triumph isn't aimless. Our crafting by our creator isn't aimless. It's not coincidental. You have been crafted by a master craftsman. So the first letter in calling stands for created. The second, A, able, created, able. Look what it says in Ephesians 2.10, the next phrase. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Think about that for a second. Created, able to do good works. Here's what I love about this. You put those two ideas together and, and you look at what's happening here. And the idea is that there's a transformation that's taken place. 
And in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For it's by grace you've been saved, through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The very next verse is this one. Isn't that interesting? It's saying, nobody earned this salvation, your new creation status in Jesus. Meaning like when he grabs a hold of your life and transforms you, we didn't earn it. It's by grace through faith. In other words, it's a free gift of God, not of works. But here's what's interesting. So it's not of works. You can't earn it. You can't work hard enough to get it. It's a gift, but it's not of works, but it is for good works. In other words, you've not just been saved from something. You've not just been saved from this past and from a life that was heading maybe nowhere, a life that was heading to an eternity apart from God. You weren't just saved from all of that, but you have been saved for something. You can't earn it. But afterwards, you are able to do things that God's crafted you to do, especially. It's a beautiful picture to me. It's by good works. Or excuse me, it's not by good works. It is for good works. This speaks to this idea of purpose. There's a purpose to us. There's a purpose for us. And I love this idea. Ability. Created able. So God has crafted us with a certain ability to do certain things. Think about that for a moment. When a good opportunity presents itself, when a good work, as it were, is there for you to step into, whether it be a conversation with someone, whether it be a moment with your children, whether it be something at your job, whether it be a kindness to a stranger, whether it be a moment of generosity, when that moment presents itself, how powerful is it to think that there's a master creator that is shaping and making you able to do that good thing? You have an ability to do that good work that's been presented to you in that moment. And God's allowed you to go through what you've gone through so that you will be able to do that good thing. Okay, so we are created able to, so I snuck in another word there, love. We've been created able to love. Think about this. When we think about calling that we all have and good works that we are to do, the biggest thing that Jesus says to his disciples in John 13, 34, he says, a new command I give you that you are to love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. When Jesus talks about the greatest commandments, he talks about loving God and loving your neighbor, loving God and loving others. These are commands. In fact, what he even says, a new command I give you. It's a big deal. This is a, this is a calling that we all share. Every one of us shares this calling to love one another and to love other people and to love God. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? It's a beautiful picture. And what I love about this idea is that when Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you, There is this relationship in our lives that we are only able to love other people in relationship to how much we have been loved. So depending on how much love we've been shown is how much love we're able to give, right? So it raises your capacity to love. And so for some of you that were in homes where your mom and dad were incredibly affectionate and unbelievably loving, and they were so concerned and they loved you so much, you go into other relationships with a higher capacity to love. 
But then there's some of you that went through a hard childhood and you had a cold, distant dad and you had, and you had a disapproving mother or whatever the situation may have been. And so what happens to you when you get into other relationships? It's harder for you to show love because you've been shown less love to begin with. And yet when Jesus says this, when he says, love others as I have loved you, as I've shown you love, this is the beautiful thing about giving our lives to Jesus. Because he showed us the greater love is no man than this. That he laid down his life for his friends. Each one of us has seen the ultimate measure of love. And we have that now. That capacity to love that we have is a capacity that's filled up by Jesus. It's a beautiful picture. And the word for love that's used here. The word for love that's used here is agape love. And we'll do more about that in a moment. That's the end of the first half. At this time, Cliff has a boo-boo that needs to be attended to by his daughters and wifey. We will also be receiving our offering. The ushers will come down the aisles, pass the pouch with two hands down the aisles. If Kensington is your home, thank you for giving. For those of you who give online, nicely done. If you are visiting, you may want to check out starting points after the service to understand why we did this today. And as we receive the offering, we are going to enjoy some commercials from a superb owls from the past. Check this out, bro. What's that, bro, Him? I switched to Geico and got more. More savings on car insurance? Yeah, professor, and more. Like renter's insurance. More ways to save. Nice, Brotata Chip. That's not all, Brotine Shake. Geico has motorcycle and RV insurance, too. Ooh, that's a lot more. Oh, yeah. I'm all about more Teddy Roosevelt. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Well, kids... Daddy's dead. Let me guess. Faking your own death to get out of your Verizon contract? Isn't that illegal? What are you, a cop? You could have just switched to Sprint. Their network reliability is within 1% of Verizon. And they save you 50% on most current Verizon rates. Shoot. Don't let a 1% difference cost you twice as much. Good afternoon and welcome. What? I said good afternoon and welcome. Can we lose the masks? Just take them off. How can we be a secret... How can we be a secret society if we can't keep all of our secrets? Do they know we faked the moon landing? No, not yet. Or that there are only 49 shades of gray? They're suspicious, but that's not what I'm talking about. What about Bigfoot? Bigfoot's not real and everyone knows that. Did they figure out we deflated the football? No, we found a fall guy for that one. Bigfoot's definitely real. Nope. Okay. We'll just have to agree to disagree. What about Area 51? Do they know about that? No. How about Area 52 to 54? Well, stop saying areas. No areas plus a number. Literally hundreds of photos of Bigfoot. Okay. Yeah, I saw him once. Wait, wait, Bigfoot? I'm getting it wrong. Paul Bunny? point is someone is leaking this stuff. Why are you looking at me? I'm not looking at you, Anne. I'm tired. I've seen his footprint. Scott! 
What they do know is that avocados from Mexico have good fats. So they know they're healthy. They know everything. Kyle, are you streaming this? Is that not cool? No, it's not cool. It, that's what secret means. It's a secret society. Oh, wow. Secret, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Hey, I got a like. You got a like? That was me. I like you too. Uh, at least they don't know about subliminal advertising. That's not even a thing, right? Eat them! All right, we're about to start the championship round. Yep, we got our halftime performance. Let's bring up our two two contestants contestants from the end. Make your way up to the stage. Now, we are playing for an Amazon gift card, everybody. An Amazon gift card. It is real. There's real money on this card, so we appreciate you. Come on up here. We brought the tough questions out for this round. Get ready give you a bit of a challenge. I hope that's all right. You want to tell everyone your name? Mackenzie. We got Mackenzie over here. Brian. Excellent. Thank you for being good sports. Are you ready? All right. Brian's up first. Brian, you're up first. Right. Are you ready? Are you ready? Ready. Here we go. Is the, the timer's ready? Leave the clock up. Wait Five one second. second. Let's wait for the clock to get up real quick. Technical difficulties. All right, we're ready to go. Brian, right. you ready? Ready. Here we go. Name three football teams. The Patriots, the Lions, and the Green Bay Packers. Nice work. Oh, yeah, it was easy. All right. Nice Kenzie, work. You ready? Name three holidays. Uh, Christmas, Easter, Halloween. Excellent. All right. Brian, name three fast food restaurants. McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell. Way to go. All right, so far we have two points to one point. We're doing points in this one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Mackenzie. Name three types of flowers. Uh, roses, <laughs> a sunflowers, and tulips. Whoa, I think oh. we just snuck that one in. We're going to give it to her. It's two to two. All right, Brian, name three things you take to the beach. A towel, a bucket, and suntan lotion. I think you got it. All right, three Mackenzie, to two. Name, name three kinds of makeup. A makeup? Like brands or products? Blush, bronzer, highlighter. There you go. All right, we had clarification on that one, but she got it in. Brian, name three car brands. Ford, Chrysler, and GM. Nice work. All right, four to three, Kenzie. You got to answer. Mackenzie, name three types of doctors. A pediatrician, a dermatologist, and an ER person. Does that count? Oh, just got it in. All right. That's the closest I've ever seen. All right, four to four. 28 seconds on the clock. Brian, name three superheroes. Um, Superman, um, Batman, and Robin. All right, we'll five to, to four. You. Are you ready? Mackenzie, name three continents. Uh, North America, South America, and Antarctica. Ooh. Did she get it? Yeah, she okay, got she it in. Got All right, it. next one All to right. mess up is going to be the loser. So Brian. you guys got to keep it going. You ready? Right. Name three prime numbers. Uh, one, three, and seven. Nice. Wow, that Mackenzie? was impressive. I would not have gotten that. Can you name three roller coasters? Uh... <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> Superman! I don't know. <laughs> oh, we need to go to Cedar Point more. That's tragic. That All right, give awesome. it up for our contestants, Brian. Brian you are the winner of our you're Amazon going home gift, with a card. gift card. All right. Thank you very much. All right, halftime is halftime over. Entertainment. I believe we have the referee to come back up. We are about to begin the second half. By the way, Robin is not a superhero. Cliff, is your boo-boo okay now? It's oh, better. Oh. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna play through. Play through the pain. Man up. All right, here we go. On my whistle. Ready? 
Agape love. And agape love, of the four different types of Greek words for love, agape is the highest form of love. Agape love is this idea of unconditional love. The Greeks were so much better at this than us. And the reason I'm mentioning a Greek word is because the New Testament is written in Greek. Okay, and so when we study the Bible and we go really deep into it, it helps to look at the original manuscripts. And so when this word was written in John 13, 34, and John is writing the words of Jesus down, Jesus specifically is mentioning the word that meant unconditional, sacrificial, others first kind of love. So we've been created able to love. That's part of our, our big calling. But it's not just love like, oh man, I love you, bro. Or I love Buddy's Pizza. Or I love coffee with extra shots of espresso. I'm rolling on 10 shots of espresso this morning, so I had to get hyped for this game. All right? And so when we look about that, it's not love like just something we enjoy. This is a love that's like, I will lay my life down for you. This is a love that looks at anyone with the eyes of Jesus and says, I love you unconditionally. That's pretty intense calling when you think about that, to love your enemies. Jesus went, even went so far, Jesus went so far as to say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I know I struggle to truly love people. They're even on my own team in life. There are moments I get easily upset and easily frustrated. There are moments where I struggle to love my own family unconditionally, where they violate some condition I've laid out, and I'm truly wrestling with even liking them, much less loving them in that moment. And yet our calling together, the bigger calling that we all share is to love one another as Jesus has shown love to us. That's incredible. Can you imagine for one moment if we took that seriously, if we actually carried that desire, that calling to love the world, to love people that are in our past, to love our neighbors, to love our coworkers, to love our children, and to love even our enemies. What an incredible picture of what this could be. A radical love as Jesus loves. We are expected to love others because we've been shown Jesus' love to an incredible measure. All right, so we've been created, able to love and lead. We've been created, able to love and lead. Now you think about lead. Okay, well, this is where you lost me. I'm not a leader. I'm not wired that way. I'm not able to. Here's a beautiful thing. Every single one of us lead someone. Every single one of us have something that we're doing. Every single one of us has somebody who looks up to us, who is following behind us. So whether it's leading in your family or even leading yourself. I love how Paul describes it. Paul simply says, hey, follow me. As I follow Jesus, follow me as I follow Jesus. First Corinthians 11, one. So this is what's beautiful is the best leaders in the world are also the best followers. The best leaders are the best followers. In fact, if you look behind you and say, boy, if someone was actually following in my footsteps, where would I be taking them? What would their journey look like if they were simply walking behind me? Now, if you're a parent with small children, you get this very, like, specifically. Like yesterday, I was walking through the house and I stopped and bing, 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 three kids ran into the back of my legs. Because they were all following me, apparently, and I didn't even realize it. There's a literal nature to that following. But if someone was just following you around, doing everything you did in a day, what would their life look like? And Paul is saying, hey, if you follow me, get in line because I'm following Jesus. Now, if that picture sounds ridiculous, you have to remember that Paul 
his career was set for him. He was going to be a famous rabbi. He had been trained his entire life. He left his parents' tent-making profession behind for a season and actually sat at the feet of a, of a rabbi named Gamliel, one of the most famous rabbis in the history of Israel. It was a very high honor to be chosen by him. And so Paul had gone through all the levels of schooling required to become a rabbi in the future. And so the last stage of rabbinic training was a moment in which you were called a Talmudim. You're part of a rabbi's Talmudim. It was Bet Talmud. It was the last stage. And that was from the age of 15 to 30. You literally said goodbye to your family and you spent the next 15 years following a famous rabbi. And when I say following a rabbi, I mean literally the goal at the end of your day was to follow him so closely and hear everything that he taught you that you would be covered with the dust of his walking outside. They didn't always sit in classrooms. Oftentimes the best teaching happened outdoors. You ever wonder why Jesus did so much of his teaching outside? We're not going to do that this morning for the sake of the weather. But it is a great setting to learn. Think about the moments where your senses were engaged and you learned something powerful when you were standing outside. It's an incredible moment. And so Paul understood this very carefully. He's basically saying, hey, listen, I'm following Jesus. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am following him with my life. Therefore, if you want to follow me, get behind me. That's great because I'm following him. So we're created, able to love and lead. It's an incredible picture of what that looks like to follow behind. And I look about, I look at that and I answer that question myself and I say, where am I leading my family? Where am I leading my friends? Where am I leading my team? If they were to follow me, am I truly following Jesus in a sense where if someone followed me, they'd be following him? That's a great challenge, isn't it? But to see yourself as having leadership is an important moment. And then to also realize that the very best writings on leadership tell us that the best leaders are the best followers. You think about even Jesus' example. Here is God in the flesh. And Philippians 2 says he took on the very nature of a servant, becoming nothing, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, which meant the most humiliating death. In fact, in John 13, remember what Jesus did to teach his disciples about what he wanted them to do and how he wanted them to live and how he wanted them to lead? John 13, 1 and 2 says that Jesus then showed the disciples the full extent of his love when he got down and washed their feet. You want to be a great leader? Become a great follower. You want to become greatest? Become least. You want to lead the masses? Become the servant of all. These are the principles of leadership from Jesus. We've all been created, able to love and to lead. It's an incredible picture. And as the verse continues to play out, we get to see the very last piece of this. We're created, able to love and lead every day. So if you want to, you could stop at call if you really want a four-letter thing, if that's easier for you. But I like the last two every Day. We are called to love and to lead every single day. Every day. What does that mean? What does that look like? How are we going to love and lead people each day of our lives? Well, the end of the verse is... That's the well, end of the third quarter. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. What? Are you blind? 
There's more time left on the clock. You were done a long time ago. (laughs) All right. Can I get a witness out there? Do we need to show the replay? There were six seconds on the clock. How dare you? How dare you throw a flag at me? We have unpastor-like conduct. We also have inappropriate use of scripture. So now, another word from our sponsor. Home by midnight. 11. the second time this week. What happened? That is a parenting series that starts next week, February 11th, 18th, and 25th. Invite your friends. Invite your neighbors. Cliff, now that we know who wears the pants in the family, are you ready to start the fourth quarter? Do I get those six seconds back there, ref? I'm going to whistle. Every day. This is the favorite part of my verse, right? Or this verse for me. I love it. I point to this all the time. If you've heard me speak, you've heard me mention this many times. I feel like there's so much for us at the end of this verse where it says, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. For we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. What does this mean? I mean, to me, this should be something that that stops us in our tracks. It goes, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me I'm saved by grace through faith. It's a gift. It's not of works so that no one should boast. It's a gift. But then you say that you're crafting me, you're transforming me, you're giving me the ability to do things. And oh, by the way, not only are you crafting my story, making me able to do incredible things for you, but then there's also moments waiting for us that God himself has set us up to step into. Now think about that. If you really believe that each and every day you're walking into a moment or 10 that have been specifically designed for you by the creator of the universe who has authored your backstory, given you gifts, talents, and abilities specifically and uniquely to you. And now you know that when a moment arrives, you can step into it with boldness and confidence because you trust my goodness. Here's a moment. Here's a moment for me to step into this and engage this. Here's a good work that I get to do. Here is a moment where within my greater calling of loving and leading, I get to do my job, which by the way, we desperately need you to do because the job that you can do for the kingdom is different than the job I can do. Elsewhere in the new Testament, it talks about the body of Christ. It talks about the church and everyone having different giftings and Paul equates it to a human body. It says, you know, what if the toe said to the eye, well, I'm not an eye, so I'm not, I'm not worth as much. It's ridiculous. And I think in the body of Christ, so many people want to be the mouth and not enough want to be the hands and feet. 
So many people want to talk for God and not enough want to be his heart for the lost and for the disenfranchised and for the segregated and for the forgotten and for the low. Which God has prepared in advance for us to do. You've been uniquely crafted, created, and called to do something incredible. It's not always a big moment. That's the thing too. We wait for these moments where we're like, oh, someone's going to hand you a microphone and a crowd's just going to gather. That's probably not going to happen. These, these moments are forged in integrity at your workplace. These opportunities happen with a, in a conversation with your child where nobody, nobody's around. Behold, he stands at the door and knocks. <laughs> That's not part of this day, although it wouldn't surprise any of you if it was. These moments where we get to step into these good works, most of the time, no one's going to see them. In fact, Jesus even tells us specifically, hey, when you pray, do it in secret. When you give, do it in secret. When you fast, do it in secret. These incredible good works, Jesus tells us, hey, do them where no one can see them. Because guess who does see them? God. He sees them. And he knows you've been stepping into moments that he's crafted and created for you to do. I don't know about you, but I get excited because this just is brimming with purpose. This part of the verse is brimming with destiny. This part of the verse is brimming with exciting possibilities about your future. You never know when you walk into your day just what God is going to call you to do. So take this word called and put it on your mirror. I'm created, able to love and lead every day. Today, God, what have you prepared for me to do? What moment awaits me? And you think about it. When you step into those moments, how do you feel after? You can't buy that feeling. You really can't. When you serve someone, when you're generous with someone, when you experience something like that, it is a rush unlike any other. Many have called it the secret of service is how it makes us feel. Sometimes even more than the person that we've served. It's incredible. So Bill Belichick tonight will stand in front of his team and he will say to them simply, if we want to win this game tonight, we need to do our jobs. Do our jobs. And each one of us has been created, crafted, called, and set free to love and lead in this world like Jesus did. So my encouragement to you is to start today. Start right now. I used to, when I would do recruiting, when I was in student ministry and we needed leaders, like we needed leaders. Like we actually had to hit certain ratios. So there was an actual need for leaders. It wasn't like, oh, it'd be great to have a few more leaders. It was like, we were reaching a point of desperation. Like if we didn't have leaders, we weren't going on this particular trip. And yet I just bristled at the idea of ever saying that we needed someone because in my mind, I'm thinking, if you say you need someone and they step into it out of obligation, then maybe that's not what they've been created to do. And it might not be a great fit. I, I want to call my church in Minnesota and repent of that message. Because how many times have we stepped in a moment that we were needed only to discover that this is the thing we've been created to do? When we respond to a need in a room, we're like, well, I don't know about little kids, about teaching them. And then you do it and you're like, wow, this is unbelievable. I love this so much. Or maybe for you, you're thinking, I don't know. Warning. <laughs> At this time, we'll bring Bill and Jackson for a very important announcement. 
Sorry, Jim. Uh, my friend Jackson's uh, predisposed on the sideline. He got tackled. He's in the injury tent. <laughs> I feel like I missed a lot in here. Hey, as Cliff has been talking, my hope is that something has been ringing in you. And when you came in today, you got a card. And this card for us is a great way to start a conversation. This is not signing your name in blood to volunteer on a team until you turn 72. Unless you're already 72, that would be awkward. This card is merely an opportunity for an invitation to a conversation. One of the things here at Team Birmingham that we love is people like you that have never taken a first step, or maybe you took a first step at a different church at a different time, and you've been on the bench for a while. Well, we want you to jump in on our team right now. One of the things about serving on a team, you know, is the idea of community, right? Like people come into a church our size and they go, man, how how do I get plugged in? How do I meet people? Well, the best way to meet people is by getting on a team and showing up every week, serving with six or seven people that you don't know yet. Because over time you start to get to know them and then God does something inside of you and you have a connection point. You have a community here. And then you start to serve other people and you see God moving in their lives and things change. And so what I want to do right now is I want to give you a few minutes. Our ushers have a few of these cards. If you didn't get one when you came in, uh, we're almost done with our game today. And what we want to do is give you a moment to fill out this card, to check a box, to write your name and your email on here so we can get in touch with you. Don't select a different campus. That's important to us. Um, select Birmingham team, Birmingham. Uh, but I'd love to just give you a few, a few seconds to think about that. Cause on your way out today, we'll have ushers at the door collecting them and we'll have tables out there with staff members on team Birmingham. They'll love to answer questions, but none of that happens if you don't fill this out and you don't check a box on there that you or your group or your family wants to start serving. in. so we're going to give you some time to do that. And then our quarterback Number 81, that's a wide receiver number. We'll be back up in a moment. Cliff, 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 are you ready to wrap this up? I'm a whistle. We're going to land the plane. (laughs) We've been circling the airport for a little bit. Just kidding. All right. What I love about this, this opportunity we have to step into needs that we have around the building is that God can use our willingness to serve, to really help us understand more about how he's designed us, more about what makes us come alive, more about what we really enjoy doing for others. It's a beautiful picture. I can't tell you all the conversations I've had with people here who have stepped into a ministry like, well, I saw that there was a need in that. And then through it, they're like, man, I didn't realize how much I loved dispensing coffee and talking to people at the coffee station. Or I didn't realize how much I loved helping people find good parking spots and greeting people on the way in. I didn't realize how much I loved teaching children. There's nothing like spending time in student ministries. Or I didn't realize how much I love getting up early and helping set this stuff up here on the setup or staying after on the teardown team. Or I had no idea how much I loved shaking hands and greeting people as they walk into the doors. 
It's incredible to think about how God can use our willingness to step into areas of need. And through that, we can not only get that secret of service, that joy, that rush, but also to help us discover some of what he's created us to do. It's a beautiful picture. So, Belichick, do your job. Starting right now, we want to identify the situation, hear the call, and do your job. When you think about this, as a team... In this room, if we have the best design service and every part of it is pulled off and someone walks in the room and doesn't get shown a friendly face or someone walks in the room and and has a hard time or a hard exchange somewhere. In other words, the left tackle blows the blocking assignment. Guess what? It doesn't matter how perfect I throw the ball. It doesn't matter how great the route was that was run. The whole day is going to be splat because someone didn't do their job. And what I love about this is this is an invitation to do our jobs. That's the end of the message. Do we have overtime? Bill, what's the call here? I need six seconds back. That's the problem. Leave it up to you guys. Join us in the lobby after the service. Sign up to serve. Thank you for being here on Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, big game. Feel like I need to do an interview there. Well, that's a wrap for today. I saw a lot of effort today. You could not stop him. You could only hope to contain him because he was in fuego. Today in the lobby, we'd love for you to enjoy the Super Bowl. We'd love for you to give maximum effort, and we would love to see you on one of our teams starting next week on February 11th. Have a great Super Sunday.